The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 150. The largest food item on a menu is a roast camel, which is stuffed with a sheep's carcass, which is stuffed with chickens, which are stuffed with fish, which are stuffed with eggs. Take that, turducken. One, two, three. I'll show you Paris in the morning. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is a person who enjoys eating as much as I do, my wife and constant travel companion, Heth. Hey, Heth. Hi. It is true, right? You enjoy eating as much as I do. I'm not saying you eat as much as I do, because I'd never say that to a woman, but you enjoy eating and finding new foods and getting delicious food as much as I do. Yeah, I love food. And you've turned me into a sweet fanatic. So we're not going to touch on desserts today. But what we are going to do here at Food Week, it is Food Week here at the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast. Today, we're going to be giving you 18 rules for eating cheap, safe, and well when traveling. We've touched on some of these in other podcasts. We've discussed it in posts and things like that, but we've never put them down in a concrete format where we've gone boom, boom, boom. Here's how we eat cheap, safe, and well while traveling. And for us, eating really is a huge part of why we enjoy traveling. Yeah. And when we can't find a good place to eat, we honestly don't enjoy that place as much. Yeah. If you guys listen to our travel freakouts in Myanmar episode, one of the reasons I really was freaking out in Mandalay was I wasn't finding anywhere good to eat and it was only two days. So eating is a big part of our traveling. I know it's a big part of traveling for a lot of people. So hopefully these rules are going to help you. I want to remind you guys, today's episode is sponsored by our awesome friends over at Tortuga Backpacks. They have just released a new product. They have a Tortuga Day Pack now. So they have their regular size backpack, which is the largest carry-on one. They have a Tortuga Air, which I've been tromping around with. And they also have a Tortuga Day Pack, which I was lucky enough to actually get to demo before it was released. And so it's up for pre-sale. If you guys are interested, it's great to have a day pack with you when traveling, wouldn't you say, Heath? Yeah, especially if you're, you know, going to different tourist spots and hiking or on the back of a motorbike. It's just easy. Yeah, we throw, you know, you can fit a lot of stuff in there, an extra pair of shorts, maybe a sweatshirt, something like that. We throw our camera in all the time. So it's nice to have a little day pack that you can just throw stuff in and then go out for the day. And I've been able to demo that. I gave them some advice on what I liked, what I didn't like about it. They implemented some of that and now they have their day pack, which is up for pre-sale, I believe until March 17th. So check that out at TortugaBackpacks.com. If you are going to purchase something, don't forget, of course, use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capitals. You'll get 10% off. So Heth, let's go into the rules and we've broken them up into sections. We've broken them up into cheap, safe, and how you can eat well, But really, they kind of blur the lines a little bit sometimes. So let's start with how you can eat cheap, because everyone knows Mr. Frugal over here, Mr. Frugality, this is a big part for me, is eating cheap. Yeah. And one of the your favorite ways to eat cheap is to have a free breakfast. How do you do that? 
Yeah, staying at places with breakfast included. Now, there are hotels that do that, but a lot of guest houses we've been finding, if you stay at these nice locally run guest houses, will have breakfasts that are included. So that's the easiest way to get one meal for free. You can load up on breakfast. We were just at a, a place in Cambodia that we love in Siem Reap called the Gold Mango Inn. They had a good breakfast. Yeah, you could order quite a few different things. Sometimes people have buffets. So Travis tends to load up on breakfast and I'm not really that hungry in the morning. So he always yells at me because I don't eat enough and then I'm hungry at like 11. And he's like, you should have eaten more breakfast. Yeah, our eating schedules don't really jive sometimes because I try to eat as much as I can at those breakfasts because they're free. Heather doesn't like to eat as much in the morning. But either way, if you stay at a place with a free breakfast, that always helps. Rule number two. Rule number two is pick one big meal. So this means like if you're going to eat a big dinner, eat a smaller lunch or a cheaper lunch. If you want to go out and splurge on having like a big brunch meal, then eat something lighter for dinner. Now you can do this by grabbing a sandwich at a bakery, even going to a local supermarket, buying something there, or just, you know, going to a, a cheaper cafe than having, you know, a really expensive meal at a restaurant. Yeah, the episode that we're going to do later in this week is our top meals that we've ever had all over the world. And it's interesting because I was working on my list today, and some of them are these cheap, hey, I'm going to grab a quick bite meals and some of these sit-down meals. But I think it does really help if you plan it out and you say, okay, I'm going to eat cheaper at you know 4 o'clock because I'm going to load up at 11 o'clock or something like that. So that always helps. Piggybacking right off that is rule number three, and this is something that I love. Take advantage of the lunch specials. Not every country has awesome lunch specials, but usually when you're traveling, lunch dishes will be cheaper than dinner dishes. And you see this all the time in like the United States as well. You know, you go to a Chinese restaurant and the dinner dishes are basically the same as the lunch specials, but they're three or four dollars more. So if you are gonna pick a time to have a big meal, I always say try to do it at lunch when the stuff's usually cheaper. Yeah, that's a good tip. The next one, number four, is avoid eating right around the tourist areas. So, okay, you're going to Paris. The whole city is touristy. But if you avoid eating near the Eiffel Tower, you'll be able to find something cheaper. Don't eat at the cafe at the Louvre, you know, go around a couple blocks over and, and find something else. So just kind of avoid those high touristed areas. Yeah, and by this we mean the like right around it, like you're standing at the Eiffel Tower, the restaurants you can see. If you venture two or three streets over, it's incredible. Not only, this kind of goes into the eating well too. A lot of times the better restaurants are going to be hidden a little bit because they're not going to be these places that are, you know, they call them like the stuff that's around the tourist areas. You know, they don't have to be good because it's tourists who are coming. They're never going to come again. You want to find the places that have to be good because people come back and to them. And even and local again. people. But yeah, that that's something more. And we'll be getting we'll get into, into the local eating, of course. Number five, another thing to avoid, avoid hotel restaurants. Usually these are ripoffs. If you're staying at local guest houses, or hostels or things like that, they're not as much of a ripoff. Usually they might be priced comparatively to what you could get if you actually went out or you went to a street stall or something like that. But if you're staying at a hotel, like for example, right now we are here in Chiang Mai, we're staying at a, a resort up in the hills and it's pretty pricey. We're here for a friend's wedding. So we never usually spend this much, but what is it? Half 140 a night. I think so. Which for us is a big splurge. But of course, then 
the food is more expensive. You know, it's like two or three times as expensive as you could get if you went out and drove into town and got some Yeah, stuff. well, even when we were in Shanghai and we stayed at the Marriott, and Shanghai is pretty cheap for food, even if you go to nice restaurants. And I think to get like a club sandwich was 20 US dollars. Yeah, so if you're so. staying at those nicer resorts, nicer hotels... They're usually going to jack up the stuff at the restaurants as well. So you want to avoid them if you want to eat cheap. You know, if you're all about convenience, go for it. But if you want to eat cheap, avoid the hotel restaurants. Another thing to avoid with number six is restaurants that have a lot of languages. So usually they have like four languages, English, French, German, and then maybe like the native country's language or something like that. And they tend to just not only be pretty bad food, but also overpriced for what you're getting. A lot of times, these are the ones that are right in the tourist areas, right? They have a huge menu right out front, and it's in four, five, six, seven languages, and they have everything you could think of. You know, they specialize in everything. So that could have been another one, I guess, for eating well is, you know, go to things that specialize in something that don't have, you know, huge menus. But avoid those restaurants because, as you said, Hath, they're usually going to be a little more expensive. Number seven, eat around colleges or universities. So you can usually find a lot more cheaper things. Yeah. So we told you where to avoid. Avoid the tourist areas. Avoid the hotel restaurants. Avoid the ones with four languages. The places you want to eat, if you are staying around somewhere with a university or a college, those are the type of people who know where to get cheap, good food, right? I mean, they're the people, if you went to university yourself, you know, you probably don't have a lot of money. So they're the ones who are good at finding good deals. And in Chiang Mai, there's an area that we stay up in Santitam area where there's a few colleges around there and there are really nice cafes and they're reasonably priced. And then the next one, number eight, make happy hour your best friend. You love this, right, Hef? Yeah. Uh, we try to find happy hours wherever we go. Even in Italy, I didn't even know this was a thing, but Travis had read about it somewhere, the aperitivo. Yeah, aperitivo is, I guess, what we can call Italian happy hour. It's usually from five to six or six to seven, and it's you can go to a place and they might have a buffet out, and if you get a drink, you get to eat for free. So we went to a few really good aperitivos in Milan, one in Rome. And you go, and I think we ordered a drink, and it was 6 or $7 for a drink, and then they had this huge buffet spread. Sometimes you pay for the aperitivo a few euros, but you can eat yourself silly, and it's Italian happy hour. And then, of course, we all know about happy hour in the United States. Yeah, I mean, most states have it, although I think for some reason the city of Boston, someone told us, couldn't have yeah, happy either hour. Either the city of Boston or, or the, the state, state of state Massachusetts, Massachusetts. <laughs> something like that, or they could only offer food cheaper or not drinks. This is good for eating and, and for drinking, of course. I mean, in Portland, we love, it seems like they always have happy hour. It's like two to six and then eight to close. So if you find a place with good happy hours, you can usually get cheaper food. Of course, too, you can also get cheaper drinks. Mostly we're talking about eating, but it always helps to find the cheapest drinks possible as well. So yeah, look for those deals with a happy hour. So those are some of the rules that we have, the eight rules we have for eating cheap. Let's move into eating safe because a lot of questions we get asked from people who haven't traveled is like, well, what if I go here? Am I going to get sick? How can I avoid getting sick? I think the general consensus is there's no way that you can avoid it totally. No. I mean, even if you only ate in Western restaurants when you're in China, I mean, it just it doesn't really matter. So you kind of just take a gamble wherever you go. You could go to an expensive restaurant in America and get food poisoning. You know, it just happens. So I and guess this, and this happened to me we, in Myanmar just a couple of weeks ago. I had a 24 hour kind of bug and 
It just knocked me out. Um, Heather, this has happened to you when we were in Malaysia as well. You had some food poisoning there. That was pretty bad for, what, two days? Yeah. And and it is. It's bound to happen if you travel a lot. Hopefully, it doesn't happen very often. But there are ways. You could take precautions, but there's no way we can say, 100%, you're never going to get sick. That's kind of the risk you take. But there is stuff you can do. And I think one of the most important things, number nine, is to eat when the locals eat. Because if you're eating at these off times, then, you know, the food isn't going to be as fresh and they won't have just made it. Yeah, you definitely want to look at when the locals are eating. And this varies. You know, we would try to go get food. Sometimes you can't even get food. We try to go get food in Spain at 6 p.m. And nope, you could get a beer, but you couldn't eat until they open the kitchen at 8 p.m. But you want to make sure you're eating when they eat, you know, Usually that kind of falls around normal times, but some countries are different. Number 10, and I'm a huge proponent of this, street food is okay. Hath, I want to hear you say it too. Certain street food is okay. And by that, I mean, you can often tell by like the street cart. For example, when we were in Bali and we were biking around and you wanted to get that chicken satay and I was like, that looks really suspicious. I don't know why. It just didn't look good. And you're like, I'm just going to get it anyway. And it didn't make you sick, but it also was really gross. It Do you remember what I'm talking good. about? Yes, yeah. I exactly remember because I was very excited to get this chicken set today. <laughs> we actually motorbiked around for like seven hours that day. So it was on our way back after I'd seen it in the morning. I was really excited. It wasn't that good. Street food, I love eating street food. A lot of people are scared to do it. It actually can be just as safe as food in the restaurants. You do want to take some of the precautions, like Heather said. The one that we already mentioned is eat when the locals eat. So if you go to a street cart, and there's food that looks like it's been sitting there and they're just going to hand that to you, don't eat there. But if they're making stuff fresh, so we were just in Bangkok and this lady whips up these amazing pad thai noodles and then these special pad thai noodles and you tell her what you want and then she cooks it right there, that's the type of street food that you want to eat. Yeah, and you can see her making it and you can see where she's getting the ingredients from and it just makes you feel a little bit safer about eating. Yeah. And on top of that, then number 11, and this goes for restaurants, but even more again for street food is eat at a crowded place. So if you are looking for street food and you're there or street stalls or any type of things like that, if you're looking and you're like, I don't know, is this safe or is this not safe? If it's crowded, it's probably good because the local people are going to know what's A, tastes good and B, what's safe. So You want to eat at somewhere that's crowded. You want to eat at somewhere that's cooking the food fresh in front of you. And you want to eat at a place that you can see them making it. If you're not at a nicer restaurant, you know, if you're at one of these street stalls or street markets, you know, you want to see them cooking because then you can see how fresh it is. Yeah. And if you don't eat local and you're too scared to eat it, then you're really going to miss out on a lot of really cool experiences and a lot of really good food. Yeah. A lot of really good food. And some of our best, as you mentioned, experiences come from finding these funny local places that we didn't know existed. We sit down, you don't really know what you're ordering. Sometimes it works out really well in terms of taste. Sometimes it doesn't, but you always have a funny memory at least. So that brings us to number 12, which is something that I do. I don't know if Travis really notices these things, but if you go into a restaurant, you can really, you can look for clues. And by that, I mean, check out the menu, There could be signs, things that say, you know, the vegetables are triple washed or the ice is purified. So that way, you know that what you're getting has probably been sanitized in some way. A lot of places will even if they're organic. I mean, in America, of course, but when you're traveling and, you know, 
third world countries. You could find places that have organic stuff and, you, you know, they have pictures of where it came from on the farm and all of these things. So it is a trend that's going all over the world, not just in America and Europe, that you can find these places that kind of broadcast that their stuff is fresh and good and clean. I do notice them. I don't probably notice them as much as you, but I do think that's a great tip. You'll see if you're traveling around Asia a lot, huge signs that say no MSG added. Uh, you know, we have been told by some people MSG is not a huge deal. I'm not going to get into like the science of it because, to be honest, I don't even understand it. But you'll see there was a restaurant that we saw when we were in Ubud in Bali that the restaurant literally could have been named No MSG <laughs> because it said No MSG. I mean, in like 10 foot high letters because it's a big building set off back from the road. And then you didn't even know the restaurant's name. It was really small underneath it. So some places advertise that. I would tend to say that you shouldn't eat somewhere if it doesn't say no MSG added. From what we've been told, it's not a huge deal if you eat it every once in a while. It's really harmful if you eat it constantly, day after day after day after day. Again, not a doctor, not a health person or anything like that, <laughs> but you can see that. And, and restaurants will say no MSG added, and you can always ask if you don't want MSG. But I agree, Hath. Look for those triple washed, purified water. And that leads us then into number 13 now that we're talking about ice yeah so don't drink the water unless you know it's safe and by that i mean we just i know this is bad for the environment but we buy bottled water when we're in third world countries i mean we'll eat we'll drink still water in some european countries and in the states but you know when you're traveling you don't want to be sick so if you don't want to have bottled water and you want to drink the local water you can get the water tablets or our friends told us about this water bottle now that has a filter purifying system in it and you put the water in and it's like immediately ready to drink. So you can travel around with those things as well, but it's really good to be mindful of what you're drinking as well as what you're eating. Yeah, again, this is coming from my perspective of not being a scientist or being a doctor, but I tend to think that the water, drinking the water is going to have a better chance of making you sick than eating the food. And we have gotten sick from drinking the water before. You know, a lot of some people go as far as not even brushing their teeth with the water. We did that in India and some places that we knew were really grungy. Here in Thailand, I'll brush my teeth with the water, but you don't want to drink it. And you mentioned it was bad for the environment. You can get, you know, we get bottles of water, you know, either from the convenience stores or places like that. You can actually, in Thailand, they have this and they have it in some other countries as well. We've seen this in Bali and Indonesia. They have fountains or places that you can fill up your water bottle that they say, this is purified water and it's cheaper. You can go fill up a water bottle for like, you know, 20 cents where it might cost you like 50 cents if you go buy a new one. So that's another way to kind of uh, kill two birds, one stone, get purified water and not always buy new bottled water. But make sure you're drinking safe water because that is gonna be that's gonna be the thing that could easily make you sick. Absolutely. Number fourteen. Only eat fruits that you can peel. So if you're going to buy fruit on the street, it's better like, okay, those strawberries, those grapes may look really delicious, oh, but you I don't know. So bad. You don't know what type of things have been used on them or if they've been cleaned. So, you know, if you're getting a watermelon or a pineapple, banana, those things have an outer skin. And so it just seems to be a little bit safer. It's kind of just like a rule of thumb that people toss around. It's not guaranteed. You can eat a strawberry if you want, but it's probably better to avoid. 
Yeah, we were in Myanmar and we were just walking up and down the streets and the strawberries look so delicious and I kept and I had gotten sick and so I didn't want to chance it and I actually didn't eat any any street food the last two days because I had been sick before that. So I was really on my guard, didn't eat the strawberries. But do as we say, not as we do, because then we did eat watermelon, which we didn't buy the whole watermelon and peel it. We ate watermelon that had been cut up, so it was in little chunks. So again, uh, who knows? a little bit of a gray area there. But if you want to be safe, make sure you're getting peelable fruit if you're eating from the street. Of course, if you're eating from a grocery store, it's safer to get those things. Open air market, I'd still be a little wary, wouldn't you, of, of getting some of that fresh yeah. fruit? And then our last one for eating safe, number 15. This is a new one, a new favorite of Heather's. Well, I have done this in the past. Um, Well, here it is. Number 15, take your probiotics. So I've always liked yogurt and I drink yogurt and I take probiotics when we're in America, but I never really thought about them a ton when I was traveling. However, in Thailand, you can buy like probiotic yogurt drinks and you can in a lot of countries. Um, It's a really popular thing now. It just helps you if there's any chance that you are getting sick, that probiotic bacteria could help you kill off some of the bad bacteria and just keep your system running well, I yeah, suppose. We had never seen these things before. We had come to Thailand this time, but our friends introduced us to them. They're called Betagin. They're just, I don't know, what, three ounces, four ounces? They're, they cost like 10 or 15 cents, and there's these little yogurt drinks. And now, I mean, now you've gotten addicted to them, so you'll drink them all throughout the day. You know, maybe one or two a day. I'll drink them here and there. They're also really good if you are starting to feel sick. You know, it's just, it helps coat your stomach. It helps kill the stuff. It's kind of a preventative measure. And again, they're super cheap and they don't taste that bad. So yeah, probiotics can only help. Building on that, let's let's give them a 15A here. You might want to bring some medicines with you that might be somewhat hard to find in other countries. Yeah, like you could get indigestion tablets, Tums, anything like that. If you have some antibiotics at home, you could bring those because if you do get sick, it'll help you to get better more quickly. Um, What other things? Yeah, I mean, and you can find stuff in the countries, but you don't really, this happened to us in Myanmar. I was sick. We were out walking around. I was very dehydrated. And we had to go find some medicines for me. So we were walking around Yangon all over. We finally did find the medicine that I needed that helped me out. But, you know, it it would be nice not to have had to worry about that and be tromping all around the city to try to find it if you have it. So, you know, you can get most stuff most places unless you're going really rural. Then you'll definitely want to bring stuff with you. But for, uh, for me, the big one is just bringing Tums. I mean, you know, we know they help us settle our stomach and things like that. They're not going to kill everything if you have really bad bacteria and all. It's not going to help it too much. But it's really nice just to bring a little thing of Tums with us and have we, we keep it in our backpack whenever we travel. All right. So those are the ways that you can eat safe. We've talked about how you can eat cheap. Now we're going to talk about how you can eat well. The best part. The best part. <laughs> I consider cheap and well. On par. For me, it's like... Uh, for you, it's on 40, par. 40, 40, safe is like... Well, I guess I'd have to say 20. More like <laughs> 45, 45, 10. But how to eat well. And again, we've eaten at a lot of really good restaurants or a lot of, had a lot of good meals. We've had a lot of bad meals. So this is from our experiences. But the best thing that you can do, in my mind, is number 16. And that is to ask the locals. This is something that we always do. We love getting that insider's information of knowing where people think the best restaurant is and they've eaten there so they'll know. 
Yeah, everyone loves to give recommendations. Everyone loves to get recommendations, at least people that we know. I and mean, that's one of the fun parts for us of traveling is meeting other travelers. And if they're going an opposite way of us, like, oh, where did you eat? Where did you stay? This and that. They give us recommendations. We give them. It's so much fun. So it's great to talk to other travelers. And that could be thrown in here as well. But locals really have given us amazing recommendations. And some of the people that we ask, like when we talk about locals, you know, you can stop a guy on the street and ask him, of course, you can ask anyone, but there are a few kind of types of people that we usually tend to ask. Yeah. One of my favorites is when we're renting an apartment, having an apartment owner give us their local recommendations. You can also ask the owners of the hostels or guest house that you're staying at. Another good one is to ask taxi drivers, not where should I eat? But ask them, like, where do you eat? Because those are the people who know. Taxi drivers, those type of people, they know the city. Ask them where they eat. We also like to ask, if we have a good meal somewhere, ask the owner of that restaurant or the waiter or waitress or the chef or whoever you're interacting with. It's always really nice to be like, hey, this was a fantastic meal. Where else would you recommend that we eat? And we just did this in Istanbul. We had a recommendation and of a place to eat. And we got a pretty good sandwich there. And I asked the guy, so where do you eat? Where would you recommend? And he actually said, hey, actually, this is place is even better than our place. And he pointed us to a few different places. So that's a really good one that has worked for us. We also have found a way to meet locals, an experience that we just had that we're going to be podcasting about sometime later. And that's an experience we had called Eat With. So Eat With is a really fun new like program. I don't know what you would call it. Website. Website. If you know Airbnb, it's like Airbnb for eating meals. Yeah. And what we did is we were in Istanbul at the time. So it's set up in a few different cities around the world. And Istanbul was one of them. And we picked from the website. You know, they had a couple different profiles up there of people. We picked a couple. We went into their house and they cooked us like, oh my gosh, how many courses? I, I, it was all blending together. I think they said it was four courses, but it was really like 12 courses. You know, so it's not, I mean, it could be a professional chef, but most of the time it's just a normal person who enjoys cooking and hopefully they're good at it. And actually Eat With does, you know, go to the house and kind of- There's reviews from other survey people. Survey them. I sure. think the company goes and like tastes the food so that they, it's vetted, you know, just like some other things, some other programs. But anyway, it was a great experience and we loved it. In essence, you're paying for a homemade meal. And even more than that, for us, it, it was, you know, we had the meal, but we stayed till 2.30 a.m. The next day we hung out with them. They showed us all around Istanbul. He was Turkish. She was German, but she was living there because they were married and they had a, a little baby. And it was just great. So that's a way that if you don't know any locals, if it is in the city that you're going to, that's a great way. And it's cool because we had a meal with me, Heather, and my sister, uh, Gail, who was with us. It was just us three and then the two hosts. But Sometimes there's other travelers there or other local people eating there. So it's just a really cool experience. So check that out, eatwith.com. We'll be having more suggestions and we'll be talking more about that and our experience in the future. And actually, I just want to piggyback on this. We didn't even meant like write this in our pre-notes or whatever, but... A food tour. I just remembered when we were in uh, in Florence, we did a food tour, a walking food tour. Yeah. And that was excellent. With so walks of, walks that's of another way to eat well because, you know, you're with a guide. And it's so fun then because then they're explaining everything. And there's a lot that can go over your head if you don't know what's going on, especially in some of these countries. You have no clue what's going on when you're eating. So, so that was number 16, ask a local. And then 16A, kind with, of eat with 16B, food, food tour. tour. So then, all right. And now we're going to get into number 17. 17 
is TripAdvisor and Yelp. I don't know why I said it like that. TripAdvisor. <laughs> TripAdvisor, which you all know, and Yelp are good starting points. So you hear some people say, oh, I never check the guidebooks for recommendations. I go out and find every place on my own. That's great. We like finding hidden gems as well. But we also definitely use TripAdvisor. I said it a differently a third time. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't I just take over? <laughs> Go for it. We use TripAdvisor. We use Yelp. We Google. Yeah. And so sometimes we'll just use it as a reference point. Or if we're walking around and we have Wi-Fi or service on our phone and we see a place, we might back it up by using Yelp. Well, yeah, now Yelp. You're, Yelp. Oh now gosh. you're mispronouncing What's everything. What's wrong with us? TripAdvisor, Yelp. We Google a lot on Extra Pack of Peanuts. We are starting our travel guide section. So we're telling you where we've eaten at different places. So we have stuff up for Paris, for Prague. So again, there's a lot of good places to use it as a starting point. I wouldn't use it as the Holy Grail. A lot of people, oh, this is a bad rating on TripAdvisor. Even if a local told them to eat there, I'm not going to eat there. Well, you know, I tend to side with the local and give it a shot. So use them just as starting points. The last point, rule number 18, this is for eating well, eat the local foods. Seems common sense, but... But a lot of times dishes from other countries are not as good and they're more expensive. So, for example, we use this one a lot. If you're in Thailand, you're probably not going to find good Mexican food. So just don't bother. We have not and we have tried <laughs> very often. You're probably not, you know, pizza, you might get something okay, but it's probably going to be just a bad approximation of it. You know, we had awful pizza when we were in Myanmar. What did we expect? Now, we get that a lot of people want to eat this. I mean, even us, after a couple days or three, four, five days in a country, you kind of are craving certain things. So I'm not saying don't do it, but just don't set your expectations too high. Yeah. And then again, that's a place where you could really research more because if it's not a lot of local restaurants, I mean, they're probably going to be good just because they're local and they know how to make their own country's food. But if you are trying to find like the best burger or the best sandwich, that's something you could probably do a little research on and then you'd probably have a better experience. Right. Exactly. I would definitely do some more research there. We were able to find an awesome burger in Chiang Mai because you know someone had told us about it and then we looked it up and it was really highly rated and it was awesome what was it called rock, rock and roll burger something like that yeah look that up it was it was actually one of the best burgers we've had ever so fantastic western food so you can get western food and a lot of times this is with asian countries you know it's you're in an asian country and you're saying like i'm getting sick of rice i'm getting sick of noodles and you just want a burger you want pizza you want those staples that a lot of us westerners are used to you can find it I just would go in with lower expectations and like you mentioned, definitely do some research ahead of time. That can really pay off in the long run. So there you guys have it. Those are our 18 rules for eating cheap, safe, and well when you're traveling. We've hit on a lot here, but we know that a lot of people do different things and especially ways for finding good restaurants or finding cheap restaurants, or I guess for being safe, any of those ways. Let us know in the comments. You can get the show notes for this at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods, P-O-D-S. Let us know in the comments the ways that you do these things. What are some rules that you follow? And we are going to be continuing Food Week, one of our favorite weeks. It's like Shark Week, but it's even better. Food Week here on the Extra Pack of Peanuts because on Thursday, we will be releasing our top meals that we've ever eaten. And I don't know the number yet because we're still trying to figure that out because it's hard to cut down this list, right, Heath? Yeah. 
And it's actually kind of hard for me to remember some of them too. Like you'll mention something and I would say, oh my gosh, I forgot all about that one. And I don't know. I'm trying to get Travis to compare lists because you know how usually we don't and we like surprise each other that we don't know what the other one's going to say, but he won't. He won't compare a list with me. see my list. We have to come up with them on our own and we're going to forget some, but we're going to be giving you guys some of our top meals ever. And it really runs the gamut on my list from really nice restaurants that we've eaten at, which... There aren't that many on there because we don't spend a lot on food to some amazing food that we've gotten for like under a dollar. So I think we're even going to include some desserts in there because I started making a separate list. You haven't yet, right? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, man, I better up my game. So that's going to be an awesome episode. Don't forget today's sponsor, Tortuga Backpacks. If you're looking for a new backpack, if you're looking for a day pack, as I mentioned, those are on pre-sale now, I believe, until March 17th. Check that out. You can get all the information there, tortugabackpacks.com. I, I, again, they have three different types now. They're regular Tortuga Pack, their Tortuga Air, and their Tortuga Day Pack. Don't forget, if you use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capitals, you get 10% off your entire order, no matter what you order from then. We're going to give these guys a little bit of from the archives, some other episodes. If you liked this episode, you would also like. And I'm going to start with saying Thursday's episode, our favorite meals ever. That's going to be fun. I hope so. Yeah. Reminiscing about I don't about see food. why it wouldn't be. I mean, we'll enjoy it. I hope everyone else enjoys it. We'll enjoy it. Don't and listen they, to it hungry. Yeah. Don't <laughs> listen to it hungry. Episode 17, I did way back when we first started with Jody Entenberg. She is the author of the Food Traveler's Handbook or the Traveler's Food Handbook can't remember. (laughs) But either way, we actually did an episode where she gave her tips on how to find delicious food, how to find safe food, how to find cheap food. So similar to this, but all her tips. Great episode. Awesome advice there. Some of the stuff that I picked up, I picked up from her. So, And it is the Food Traveler's Handbook. You're going to want to check that out. EPOP 17 and EPOP 65. The 10 weirdest foods that you did with Jason. Some really strange things on that list. Including my number one, which was eaten in my own home outside of Philadelphia. So you're going to want to check that out, our top 10 weirdest foods. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Thank you, as always, for all the support. And until next time, happy Happy free free travels. travels.